0: As some of you know, and I've shared before, I did my chaplaincy internship just down the road at Holy Family Hospital during the height of the pandemic. I was new to that work and felt so unskillful to meet the demands of that time to be providing spiritual care to people going through so many challenges on top of, the grief and loss and terror of those early days. The needs of that time were so great. How did I have anything to give people and a larger moment in our world? I would go into my encounters worried about what I would give, what I would say and do that, Sometimes I struggled to do anything at all. I'd literally lose my words. Afterward, I would come back to the office and plop down in the desk chair, think back over the visit I just have, and start getting a little bit hard on myself over something I'd said or feeling just unworthy of that work. I'd return to the floor again, not knowing if I could show up at all. The fear of the unknown, the fear of messing up, of doing harm, the fear that I didn't have the gifts to give that work were everywhere. I remember one such plopping down in the chair and this conversation I had with our own Josh Goulet, who was working that day, a much more experienced spiritual caregiver than I was at that time. I was bemoaning some unfortunate thing I had said or maybe worrying about what I was about to go out to. And he turned to me and lovingly and lightheartedly said, you know, Tori, I just don't know if we're that important. I don't know if we're that important. (laughs) Which I took to mean there are so many things happening in a moment that are bigger than us. And more than that, there is a spirit of generosity and grace that swirls around it all. When we show up, we don't show up alone. And to trust that there will be something greater than us that accompanies us along the way. I still tell myself this in my lesser moments when I feel like I don't have anything to give when I doubt myself, when I'm not sure how to show up. This simple reminder that at the end of the visit, the day, the week, it's not about me, it's not about us, it's about holding spaces for people that we are with. It's about that mysterious spirit of life that surrounds us all the time that we need only open to. And love does the rest. Make channels for the streams of love where they may broadly run, our hymn just sang. And love has overflowing streams to fill them, every single one. What I was giving in those pandemic hospital rooms wasn't mine alone, I was merely a conduit a channel for the streams of love to move. It wasn't about me and my own particular giftedness or doingness, but rather a practice of opening my heart and my spirit toward the generosity of life, the abundance of gifts that already existed around me, and to trust that. As we reflect on this theme of generosity this month, I find myself reflecting on those practices of trust and opening as practices of generosity. Not centered on what we do or what we have, but who we are in a moment. A quality of being and presence that we bring to our moments that opens us so that we can in turn open for others and I think about this now on the other side of the pandemic or maybe not quite as we are all stumbling back together reorienting toward rhythms that have long been interrupted and maybe asking ourselves some of those same questions what are we doing here what do we have to offer this moment what if our gifts aren't enough What does it mean to be generous in this time? It is certainly easy to feel the scarcity of these days. We are literally experiencing it on the grocery store shelves, the lack of any real change coming out of our nation's leaders, the fear that we aren't doing enough in the face of it all. And I know for me these realities can get in the way of my ability to do anything. To trust that there is enough to be generous with to meet the moment of our time. Like getting stuck in a spiritual care visit without anything to say. It is easy to find ourselves in a state of urgency in response to the unknown. Surely we should be doing something more. There is so much at stake. Surely it rides on us. And it does, to some extent. And yet, I wonder how we might hold this more lightly, hold it in a way that is life-giving and transforms the world around us. I remember attending an Arlo Guthrie concert in high school. Are there any Arlo Guthrie fans here? (laughs) Has anybody seen him perform? Some of you might know this story, but um, he tells it at a lot of his concerts. So he shares about how writing songs for him was like fishing. So you're sitting beside this river, Guthrie says, and after a while a song might swim by. And if you've got a pen, you can catch them. I know because I've let a lot go by that were meant for me. I don't have a lot of songwriting advice, Guthrie goes on, but when people ask, I say, do whatever you want. Just don't be sitting downstream of Bob Dylan. (laughs) As a young and burgeoning writer, that story stayed with me, particularly in times when I felt like I had nothing to give the creative process. When I started to criticize and doubt my own individual abilities. It helped me to imagine that there is this great river coming down from some unknown place on its way to some other that is sending all manner of gifts along with it. If I miss one idea, one moment, one offering, there will be others that I need not grasp them but rather trust that more is coming always down the streams of life, waiting for me to move them along, to open toward that greater generosity that abounds. It's like what Rumi said in our reading, don't worry about saving these songs. If one of our instruments breaks, it doesn't matter. We have fallen into the place where everything is music. Open the window in the center of your chest and let the spirit fly in and out. Such abundance. But trusting this is really hard when our lives and the needs of the world are so great and there is a risk, I want to be clear, in opening ourselves, that window in our chest, because so much can come in things we may not have the capacity to hold. But here is where that little phrase of Josh's, this little reminder that there is more here, reminds me, at least, that our part in this greater movement of life, it feeds us too. Throughout my own spiritual journey, I often imagine the divine as a river. A river that carries us along when we tire, gives us direction when we are lost, and sustains us when our cups are empty. I remember this other conversation I had back during those, those pandemic day, early pandemic days with one of my chaplaincy educators. I was telling him about my doubts that I could do that work and not knowing how to meet the needs of the people around me. I felt adrift, I told him. Like I was on this runaway raft, grasping the oars and coming into the rapids, uncertain that I would be able to hold on as I navigated the rocks and currents of the raging water. And then he said, in a similarly loving and lighthearted way as Josh, what if instead of clutching the oars, you just let them go? And instead of clenching against danger and uncertainty, you tilt your head back with your face to the sky and say, "Wee!" <laughs> I've had a lot of really wise and generous mentors, haven't I? <laughs> Letting go in this way liberates, doesn't it? It is risky, yes this trusting. It may feel like we're not doing enough or doing it wrong, that we may be heading for the rocks, but it also opens us to the holy generosity of this life, all manner of gifts to catch, no matter where we are downstream. And in so doing, we open ourselves to those streams of love that flow through and alongside us, the supportive conversations with a colleague, the kind, encouraging words of a mentor, a late afternoon phone call from a long-lost friend. We get to experience the wonder and awe and delight of the gifts that are coming, and in turn, give them away this beautiful receiving and in turn giving, a generosity that is the rhythm, the channel, the conduit between the two. Franciscan priest and theologian Richard Rohr writes, we are always and forever the conduits, the instruments, the tuning forks, the receiver stations. To live in such a way is to live inside of an unexplainable hope because our lives will now feel much larger than our own. In fact, they are no longer merely our own lives. And yet, paradoxically, we are more ourselves than ever before. As we open toward this generosity, we are no longer merely our own lives. We are not that important. And we are more ourselves, more integral to the turning of this world than ever before. Our greatest gift, to live our lives within that unexplainable and unnameable hope and trust that Even as the instruments break and the candles flicker, when that window opens, the the spirit of love will fly in and out. I am grateful for the months I spent providing spiritual care during the pandemic, grateful for the mentors and teachers that taught me along the way, and for the work that they continue to do every day. Now as I walk into uncertainty, I remember their wise words. So much less is often needed than we think. Enjoy the ride. Remember there are things to catch, both known and unknown, already on their way toward us. To trust more. And ultimately they taught me what it means to be generous. In these days, when it seems like there is so much for us to be doing, giving, offering the world around us, I believe it is a comfort and inspiration to draw on this posture in life, to remember that we are part of a process that is so much bigger than any one of us. And in our participation in this process, the greatest miracle of all unfolds we become the gift. We don't have to do anything. Our very presence is the offering. As we all continue to emerge in the time ahead, these upcoming days of family gatherings and the busyness of a world that asks so much of us, may this be our generous offering. May we be vessels and conduits for the spirit of life and love to move through us and bring comfort and peace and liberation where they are needed. May we trust that, and in so doing offer ourselves the generosity of love and care that abounds in multitudes everywhere we turn. Every bend of the river, every raging rapid, every word of compliment and love, every song on our lips, these channels we create in the center of our chests for the streams of love to flow and fly in and out, in and out. Amen, and may it be so.